This is Learning Innovation, the Teaching and Learning Podcast, created by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation. Here at CTLI, it is our job to keep education innovative and accessible, which leads to lots of conversations and projects with students, educators and other interesting people and professionals in our network. We hope you'll tune in, hit play and get inspired as we navigate and capture the dynamic landscape of teaching, learning and pedagogy. Welcome. This Tech Talks segment is episode 21 of Learning Innovation, the Teaching and Learning Podcast. I am Tyler. And I'm Jude. And today we will discuss new AI or artificial intelligence tools that could or could not be helpful in education and just our general feeling towards these new innovations in uh, consumer AI. Yeah, and I have no idea what Tyler's going to show me, so... I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to show me. A little bit scared. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, you but, know, five years ago, I think uh, anything AI was just scary proposition. And and now we're, we're living scary. So it's not that are. scary. I think, I think it's okay. <laughs> I think we'll be okay in the new AI boom. Uh, the reason why I say it's a boom is because it's consumer AI. So five years ago, AI was all about, well, yeah, you know, it's research institutions, it's big money corporations that are looking into it, machine learning, deep learning, neural networks, computer vision, natural language processing, all these things feed into the greater umbrella of AI. But now today, there's AI tools that like you and I could go and start building an AI through really easy, uh, GUI interfaces and it's really exciting and there's so many tools coming out now and there's so much stuff that's using AI it's it's almost mind-boggling how much is coming out right now in terms of AI in the consumer market so I'm just going to show I'm going to show Jude a few things here we're going to get his natural reaction he has not seen any of these uh, I will be showing him on the computer uh, I will also be reading out the link to the tool and we will be posting those tools in the description of this podcast. So you can look in there later on if you want to explore them, if you want to answer some of the questions that we're going to be asking. Uh, so without further ado, why don't we just dive right in? Are you okay, Jude? Are you ready for this? Yep. Yep. Totally. Yep. I'm not scared at all. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think it's going to be more like, Ooh, ah, or maybe it's, ah, that's really disappointing. Because a lot of AI is kind of built underneath stuff and it feeds into things and it's not so overt that it's like, oh, suddenly you're talking to an AI bot and you didn't know you were talking to. I could be an AI right now. You know, I'd believe it, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would. I think I'd be classified as probably the dumbest AI ever invented. Um, anyway, well, there we go. That's how you sneak them in there. You can't that's make them, yeah. <laughs> can't it's make them natural that way, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. A natural AI makes mistakes over and over again, like me. Okay, so this first one that I'm going to be showing is called Write Sonic. This is actually kind of like two in one. There's two websites here. Uh, so Write Sonic is AI-powered content writing tool that automatically generates unique, high-quality, search engine-optimized, friendly articles and blogs from scratch within seconds. So this basically writes blog posts for you. <laughs> what, what do you think of that my immediate response is oh no i'm a i'm a professional writer and can this robot do my job better than me <laughs> <laughs> and, 
that's a natural reaction. <laughs> I think we're, we're all a little bit like, well, can AI do my job? I don't know. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. And this one's saying it, it can, and maybe not the job of an actual writer, but I used this. So I, I tested this out yesterday. I signed up and I went through it and it actually, I'm kind of shocked. See, Jude, you actually have the ability to write. I don't. So, so this, this kind of tool really appeals to me because I'm like, hey, if I could get something written really quick and easy, that would be fantastic. Even something that I can perhaps just use as a framework. And as I went through it, so I, I, did, I couldn't actually get the full meal deal here. You can go through all the steps up to the last one, and then it doesn't actually give you an article until you pay money. So uh, I don't know how much they charge, but write Sonic at uh, W-R-I-T-E-S-O-N-I-C.com. Uh, write Sonic. There's a few steps you have to go through. And yes, it, did, it took me about two minutes to go through the process. And basically how it works is I, I went in there and I put in five keywords and I click generate, and then it generates an article title. And I get to pick through five or six different titles that I want to try and pick from. I choose the title and then it builds me an outline and I can pick whichever outline I want. And then I can strike out different parts of the outline that I don't want. Hmm. So if nothing else, I think this is a great way to just generate ideas for what I want to write. Hmm. And so if that's all that I would use it for, I think it, it, it's a huge jump because I don't know if, if you're like me, Jude, but I do art on the side. I do writing a little bit. It's not great, but I find that the worst part of it is I have a blank page in front of me. What do I do? Mm -hmm. And um, I most of what my job is actually is uh, providing writing support to students. And that is something that a lot of students really struggle with, um, especially if you're new to college or you haven't been back to college for a while or if you just don't feel like you're a good writer. A lot of students will just look at that blank page, get totally anxious and just not even know where to start at all. So this actually like I would look into um, especially some of my students who just really cannot get past that first that first step of like brainstorming and creating an outline. Uh, this actually might be really, really good because even finding things like, um, okay, what are the potential subtopics under this main topic that I have to write about? And like, how could I separate that into a paper or a post or a report or something like that? So I'd actually look into um, maybe using this as a tool to help students during like the pre-writing stage. So when they're brainstorming and outlining, uh, yeah, I'd actually really be interested in like trying that out and seeing if some of my students might benefit from it. I know I would benefit from it. I'm, I'm actually glad I found it. And you can do all that, that kind of stuff first without paying a dime. Mm, that's cool. And so it's only when you want to generate the article that it costs money. So yeah. I feel like that's, that's actually a really good one for, you know, education. Yeah. Okay. On to the next one. So the next one is from Write Sonic as well, and you can go to the same URL, you'll find it. Um, but this one is more based around social media posts and um, emails and product descriptions and things like that. So it's not a full blog post, it's more stripped down, I suppose. And there's fewer steps. So I did this one as well, I went through a few steps. This one actually required me to write uh, a description. Um, 
but then it used that description to base the rest of its content on. And again, I couldn't get the full meal deal. I had to pay money before I could do that. So what do you think of this one? Do you see any need for like writing social media posts and using this as a social media post generator? Well, honestly, I don't think any of the students that I see are come to me for like social media posts. Um, even though I do know that um, some of our programs actually do have a focus on teaching students how to write for social media or how to engage in social media marketing. So sorry, so what does it give you? It gives you like a little blurb on, on the topic. Yeah, basically. So it, it basically just outputs a little social media post and then streamlines the ads that you generate. Hmm. So this one's kind of like, uh, oh, not really all that useful for education anyway. Yeah, that's I, I might have to check it out, but I, I'm not seeing any immediate application to like helping students write or anything like that. Um, if you were in social media or producing social media posts, that sounds like it'd be useful though. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to personal AI. So personal AI, if you want to go there, it's www.personal.ai. Uh, so it's a pretty easy URL to remember. But its description is, personal AI is an AI that's trained on the memories that move you. Our mission is to empower every individual to own their intelligence and be their own thought. So uh, in, in researching this one, I found that um, this one kind of freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, you're actually, you're actually training an AI to think like you. Oh, geez. And to, to remember <laughs> everything that you remember so that later on. You can be immortal. Is that? Can, yes. And actually. <laughs> Uh, reading some of the comments on some what some people are talking about, they are actually saying that, oh, this is great. Finally, I can train an AI to like be me after I die. Okay, you know, you know what this reminds me of is um, in Star Trek, they often have episodes where somebody will use the um, holodeck. There we go. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Holodeck. It's escaping me. Uh, where they use the holodeck to like talk to a famous person. Or like, uh, so they, I think they have like Lord Byron and Mahatma Gandhi and like famous engineers and that kind of stuff on there. And then you go and talk to them and that's immediately, it's like, uh, you know, my first degree was an English degree. And I'm thinking like the amount of time we spent arguing about like, or like trying to figure out who the writer was as a person. It'd be really mm -hmm. fascinating if we had like kind of sort of a digital imprint of like somebody's personality. And then we could be like, oh yeah, okay, I can see why your poetry came out this way or whatever that's that's where my mind immediately goes oh absolutely yeah. i think and you know as you say that it'd be like oh i'm having this issue in my life right now i wonder what my great great grandfather if he had any advice for me in going through something like this oh oh my and word so i didn't even think about that because like a lot there's a lot of cultural practice based off of sort of like um like talking to your ancestors so like this could like make that an actual thing that you could do if this became like a common practice yeah well exactly and and then there's i suppose there's there's ethical issues with that i know yeah uh, and i don't have it featured here today but there was uh one that was put out by um 
one of those DNA sites, uh, DNA and me or something like that, where you uh, send in your, your blood samples and they give you your lineage. Anyway, they, they, they came up with this really great AI where you could put in any photo and it would animate it. And, and I sent, I put in a photo of my grandmother who's, mm -hmm. you know, sadly passed, but has been passed for over 20 years now. Um, and I looked at it after it came out and it looked just like my grandmother and it moved around just like my grandmother. And, and I thought for a second, Oh, I should send this to my mom. Cause it was her mom and my wife very lovingly no, uh, said to don't me, do that. don't do that. <laughs> that will probably wreck her. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah that's right. I, you know, I was too caught up in the, Oh, that's really cool moment of the technology not realizing that there's feelings on the other end. Mm -hmm. um, and so I can kind of see that this one, like, yeah, if, we, if, if I captured myself and I get an approximation of, of my thoughts and the way I think, and then later on down the line, people are taking, you know, my advice, my grandkids are taking my advice through a computer. You know, like there, there could be some issues. Not to mention <laughs> that who has access to this AI? Who has access to the information? Mm -hmm. uh, well, and I mean, my thought is that like human personalities are so complex, you know, we don't even like we don't understand personalities and how they generate and how they work. We just kind of see them and acting. So, yeah, another thought that I'm having is that it would probably take like almost. Yeah, like if we were to actually like refine this technology, it probably would just take like generations almost of like trying it and then somehow testing the accuracy of the personality and that kind of thing. And then, yeah, and then there are tons of other issues, you know, to what extent can programming mimic a personality um, mm -hmm. and are just sort of like innate things going to show up eventually where, you know, just like little things that we don't even see at first, you know, is that going to like affect somebody's like digital personality over time? And is it actually going to last for a long time or is this personality? Oh, that's another thing is like the personality. Would you like freeze it in time? Mm -hmm. No, like, or does would it you, keep growing? Or would it keep growing? Yeah. And then you would kind of almost get to see like how somebody from the past would react to current events or something like that. And mm -hmm. then obviously that would affect the personality because I mean, to have sort of a working personality, you would need the input output thing going. Yeah, absolutely. So in the current, in the current steps, I think in education, it could be helpful for students to like, oh, I'm capturing things so I remember it later. I could see this being somewhat helpful for studying for an exam. Oh, yeah. So okay, a student actually... could, could study for an exam by, oh, I'm putting this stuff in there that I'm learning. And then later on, the AI could, and I don't know if this, this tool can do it, but then the AI can test you on, on your knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, actually, something that I work with students a lot is a lot of a lot of students just have a really hard time um, learning from a textbook, which is fair because, you know, our brains are like, you know, the human brain is like we, we think at least like 20,000 years old, although we're not sure um, since kind of the last like major evolutionary change in our brains. And so our brains have obviously obviously existed for way longer than textbooks and before 
we started kind of like using written records, like, and even well after we started using written records, most information transference happened from person to person. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot, a lot of what I do with helping students to um, learn things and retain memory actually is sort of, well, how can you sort of simulate that exchange of like learning from a person when, you know, you don't actually have like you have an instructor, but you know, they, they can't spend six hours with you talking about every single topic that you need to learn about. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so like this almost like sometimes um, I'll kind of say like, Oh, well, you know, maybe go find a podcast on the topic and listen to it because then you're listening to a conversation and it might help you sort of understand it, that kind of thing. But if students could literally talk to themselves about it, you know, or, or you could even do the reverse yeah. of what you were saying, where you could like leave your personality, not knowing the information, and then learn it to the extent that you could explain it to yourself. And then once you're mm -hmm. able to explain it to yourself, then you know, yeah, okay, I understood it. My clone version of myself understood it. I think we understand it. Yeah. Um, and of course that uh, we also do know that sort of a, like teaching something to somebody is a really good way to actually solidify the knowledge in your own mind. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be kind of interesting if they were just kind of, um, that would kind of solve the problem of uh, there aren't enough instructors to go around for students. Um, if we could just kind of, oh, you could even have like the instructor's personality and you could like just talk mm. to the instructor. Ooh. Yeah. Although what if the instructor, what if the uh, fake instructor says something rude, then can you hold them accountable? <laughs> <laughs> Who's accountable then at that point? I don't know. Here's these, this is, these are the topics that, uh, the problems that I see in AI and having computers offloading all the work to the computers. <laughs> cool. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, Delve. Now this one, there's not much to see here. Sorry, Jude. Uh, but I'll give you an explanation of what it is. Uh, so Delve uh, at www.delv.ai. Um, this is an AI-based information condenser and knowledge graph builder. Oh. Not much. So this isn't much for a def, uh, description, but it was developed by a 15-year-old. And as, the, as the basic, all good things are, frankly. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, isn't wasn't it Facebook Zuckerberg? He said, once you're past uh, what was it, 25, all your good ideas are gone. Uh, Until he went past 25, and then he's like, ah, I was never wrong. mind. I'm still smart. I'm yeah. still valuable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, so basically, the idea behind this one, and I haven't gotten into it because it, it I, you have to sign up to the access the beta. I did that. I have not got access yet, but the idea behind it is you pump in database information. It outputs uh, pretty graphs mm -hmm. and it does. So from what I've heard, it does so fairly well. Now I know mm -hmm. I've helped a lot of students uh, building graphs from simple data. Um, I think this is a great idea. It might be a, a great way to teach them how to do graphs and and the right way to do it, the wrong way to do it. What do you think? Um, yeah, that seems really... Okay, actually, I have a question. So what does the data look like when you input it? Like, I think you it's spreadsheets. Like, uh, yeah, okay. So it's just raw data. Yeah, okay. And then it produces kind of the... Um, so then does it just put it like, does it just do this sort of visualization process or does it also like do, you know, multivariant comparisons or something like that? 
from what I understand, it basic it just does the basic uh, visualization. Okay. And beyond that, I'm not sure because I haven't had a chance to. I I signed up to it like two weeks ago, and I still haven't gotten uh, accepted. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I I've been rejected <laughs> in my life, so. <laughs> yeah. If you just if you get a you get a letter in the mail saying like we're so happy that you applied, unfortunately. <laughs> we're rejecting you. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, that seems really useful if you have to turn data into graphs, which can be kind of a, uh, which can be tedious by my understanding. It's not something that I personally have to do a lot. But. Yeah. And again, with AI, because AI needs tons of information mm -hmm. to actually generate something, um, my, my question is always, well, what's going to happen to the data that I put in there? How secure is it? What's the okay. privacy? Uh, will it be used later on? Can it be used by someone who I don't want to use it? Uh, could it be hacked? Things like that. So with all these things, I, I strongly suggest you always read the, the privacy uh, information with any of these products to mm -hmm. find out exactly what's going to happen or what. Some of them are great and it's like we delete the data after two weeks. And, and that's a great practice that no one yeah. has access to it. It's you know, it's secured and it gets deleted so that there is no chance of it being hacked. So, but I haven't looked into any of these in the privacy. They're, they're very new. A lot of these are within the last three months they've come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I never think about or I keep forgetting to, to think about is how like valuable my data is. It just doesn't occur to me that anybody would care about like my random data, but yes, people do care about my random data and they want to steal it. So yeah, absolutely. Got to, got to check, got to check those privacy agreements. Exactly. Okay. Let's move on to crisp. So I'm actually going to do a live demo of crisp here today. So basically what crisp does, uh, it removes distracting background noises and echo during online meetings and podcasts like mm. this one <laughs> and maintain your mic's HD audio quality. So crisp is at krisp.ai. Uh, so I have used crisp and I'm going to demo it here. So I'm going to start snapping my fingers. So right now I'm just on just the microphone for this podcast. And can everybody hear my clapping or snapping my fingers? Can you hear that dude? Yeah, it's really good. Okay. So I'm going to actually just turn, I'm going to keep snapping my fingers and then I keep talking. And I'm going to turn on crisp microphone right now. So I'm still snapping my fingers. It's gone. <laughs> so you can't hear me snapping my fingers right now. No, but your voice is still coming through really, really cleanly. Isn't, isn't that amazing? Yeah, no, and that's I've, awesome. I've, I've tried this with clapping, uh, random sounds. Okay, I'm going to switch back. I'm still snapping my fingers and I'm going to switch back to Yeti. There we go. The Yeti is the type of microphone I'm using. Um, so that's, that's, that's crisp AI. So this is, it's free for 100, I think it's 100 minutes a month that you get. So it's not a lot of minutes. It's about, you know, not quite two hours of meetings. Um, but if you have that crucial meeting where I can't have anything breaking it, like a podcast, it's great. hundred minutes for free. That's fantastic. If as a student, I think, you know, if, if they're recording a video or something, they could record it knowledge free. Like they, they could do it in an, in a noisy room and they could uh -huh. 
have a pretty good product come out. Yeah, and I've I've tested this in in many environments. I've seen it tested with like kids running in the background, dogs barking, and they turn it on, and it's like nothing. You, they can't hear anything, and the person comes through crisp and clear. Wow, no, that would uh, like even just a hundred minutes would be really good. I like I'm actually like yeah, I should use this. <laughs> um, probably during like podcast recordings would be like one of my more important times, but. Uh, yeah, if I could get my department to pay for this for me somehow, uh, this would actually solve a lot of my problems. Because uh, a lot of my meetings with students are like over Teams or Zoom. And like the way that our sort of a space is set up is that it's like an open office space. So I don't have like a private office. So during those meetings, it's a lot of the time the student will have background noise, I'll have background noise, and it'll take up, it'll eat up like five minutes out of a 30 minute appointment is purely just like, can you repeat that? Um, And also, you know, like I do, I do asynchronous feedback, right, record a video and kind of like explain something and show the student something. And then too, it would be nice if there is a lot of background noise, if I could turn that on and just know that the student is hearing me well because you know mm-hmm. i can't really justify spending a bunch of time like going back and editing the audio quality for you know if i have like 15 students that i need to get to in that day i can't spend you know an hour like editing stuff and making sure the sound quality is good so yeah that's yeah. that seems like incredibly useful yeah and it, and you know it it's interesting it, it works in both directions so it works oh. for my microphone going to you but I can actually turn it on for other people's voices to me. Mm. And so then it, it, when you go in that direction, it doesn't work quite as well uh, as it being on your microphone. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something that you can download, install on your computer, and then you just choose it as your microphone in Zoom or Teams or whatever flavor of video conferencing that you're using. Yeah, that's super cool. Thank you. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to skip past one here. We're going to go to one called Botify. Now this is an app on your phone. If you want to search it, go to the app store and uh, this would be iOS, the iOS app store and type in Botify, B-O-T-I-F-Y, A-I, and you should be able to find it. So this one's more just, I don't know. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is for lonely people. Um, I'm listening. No. <laughs> okay. Um, basically, you train an AI to talk to you. Oh. And that's okay. what it is. Now, now, there's some presets. I haven't downloaded it and tested it. So I can't say whether it's good or not. It gets good ratings, but it has some preset people that, it, that are already in there. And you can talk with uh, Joe Biden <laughs> and. Uh, anyone else there's a couple of presets i don't know all of them that, that are in there but you can talk with them and but you can train your own you can give them a name and you can and so then you end up having a chat with this ai that you've created that's cool yeah i could see that being useful even just for like educational purposes again when i i often do spend a decent amount of time working with students to find sort of ways to like um, simulate a conversation uh, when they don't have somebody that they can talk to about like a specific topic. And I'm talking specifically like course content um, because really the only expert you can talk to is your instructor, but they have limited time that they can offer each student. Um, And then you can talk to your classmates obviously, but what most students find is, you know, like it's a total hit and miss whether or not you actually end up like talking about course content and studying when you're with like your classmates or your friends. 
so like this almost you like I wonder to what extent you could like sort of simulate a conversation about like you know your ethics class or your essay topic or something like that just to as like even a brainstorming activity or to like oh yeah like process information to make sure you understand it and remember it and then and then even uh like mental health wise um you know like the therapy isn't super accessible for a bunch of reasons uh mm -hmm. mostly because of you know the amount of training that it takes to be qualified to be a therapist obviously means that you have to charge people a bunch and then getting coverage for it is kind of only accessible to certain people but i i think that the reason that a lot of people go to therapy is because it's kind of the only person you can talk to where they're like legally obligated to keep it to themselves <laughs> you know and that's like a big part of therapy um so you know like i i won i wonder to what extent you could kind of um just like talk th something through with like a robot mm -hmm. and kind of you know they're obviously not giving you like professional advice but you're still kind of you feel like you're talking through it and if nothing else you're processing it in your own mind and working through something mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting yeah yeah again I don't know where this information ends up. Yeah, so you would, especially if you're using it for like sensitive topics, you'd want to really check the privacy agreement. Yeah, exactly. Because who knows? Like, wasn't there, there was some uh, aging app that you could get and you could click, take a picture of yourself and and then it ages you or or shows you with different hair colors and things like that. And then later on, they found out that it was like a Russian company that was just using it to gather facial data from people. <laughs> so that they could use it for, I think it was kind of a benign reason why they were using it, but I think it made a lot of people realize, oh, wait, if I'm, if like, let's say a government agency starts collecting everybody's facial data yeah, and they start using it to, you know, do something underhanded, say that can cause a lot of privacy issues. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and that is even even if it is for benign reason, there's something kind of very invasive about having your face stolen, you know? Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're going to move on to the last one. And I just, so I found this one yesterday, so I didn't have a lot of time to look into it, but this is, uh, it's called, uh, I'm going to mispronounce it terribly, Hewnit, H-U-E-N-I-T. Uh, this is actually on Kickstarter. It's a product that isn't even made yet. But it is a robotic arm that is powered by AI and it can 3D print, it can laser engrave, it, you can train it to do all sorts of things. It can stir your soup, it can... <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of stuff that it can do is, is astonishing. It can draw for you. Oh, that's good. I'm terrible at drawing. Yeah. It can recognize your face and all for under $1,000. And you can train it. And so you can teach it to do different things and uh, it'll connect with your phone and you can drive it yourself if you're so inclined. Anyway, this is kind of like a, a last minute bonus AI that's more <laughs> physical AI. Yeah. And I don't know, it may, if you train it poorly, I don't know, will it come and kill you at night? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so don't go hitting it with the newspaper or anything. Stop it, unit. Stop it. And then it's just going to come and say, well, you trained me to hit things. So <laughs> anyway, I'm actually trying to get one of these units for our maker maker space. So oh, yeah. for education, that's an instant win right there is uh, a maker space. 
is something that you can use it for. Yeah, I could see um, that being really useful with some of the like practical work that a lot of our students do and like our faculty as well. Especially, I think a lot of a lot of uh, what you end up doing when you're doing like scientific testing is very just like repetitive. So it'd be kind of nice to get like a robot to just, you know, do the repetitive action for you so that you can do all the fun stuff and the thinking. And Yeah. Yeah. OK, well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I will provide a link to AI and ethics in higher education uh, in the description. So if you want to go and peruse that article, by all means, go and take a look at it after the podcast. One last question, Jude. Uh, what's your nightmare scenario of AI? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> Dystop- uh, I think there's probably been enough books written about the dystopian AI. Yeah, that's I like what's coming to mind is just all of the horrible things that have gone wrong in science fiction <laughs> with like artificial intelligence. Um, if I'm being honest, I think my uh, my worst nightmare would be to have like some sort of personality clone and then meet myself and be like, wow, what a jerk. <laughs> like, and then I just like, myself. I think there'd be, yeah, it'd be this fear of being like, wow, I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a little bit too close to home. I think. Um, what about a dream? What about a dream? A dream? Yeah. Oh. The alternative best case scenario for AI. I mean, probably dream-wise, um, if AI were practiced right, it would probably take down a lot of barriers to access. So, like, you know, if we could train AI doctors or instructors or therapists or, you know, like these trained professionals that are difficult to access because they are highly trained, um, then we could make things like healthcare and mental wellness and education a lot more accessible. And that'd be cool, you know you wouldn't have to wait four months to talk to a specialist on something because like mm-hmm. there's just kind of an infinite amount of, of interfaces that you could speak with that have the same expertise. Yeah, I agree. I think those are, those are great, great choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you, Jude. Once again, everything's in the description. If you have any questions, you can always come to me, Tyler wall at uh, the CTLI in Lethbridge College. We can have a chat. We can have a great discussion about AI. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. This is cool. And not as scary as I was scared it was going to be. So that's nice. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Thanks, Jude. This episode featured Tyler Wall and Jude Bielek as co-hosts and co-producers. Ryan Robinson was our sound technician and editor. Thank you also to Daryl Benedict, Joel Godry, Jordana Gagnon, Kelsey Jansen, and Donna McLaughlin for their ongoing support and expertise. Our podcast is funded by Lethbridge College's Center for Teaching, Learning and Innovation and recorded predominantly on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. For more information and inspiration, check out www.learninginnovation.ca. If you like what you hear, please rate, review or follow us on your chosen platform. Thanks for listening and take care. Mm